This is the Nosewear Gamer from YouTube and the Atari 1700 Game by Game podcast, and you are listening to the podcasting pride of the Smoky Mountains, the Two Dudes in a Ness, with your hosts, Dude Michael and Dude Justin. Hey, Justin. What's up, man? I hope you got your booty ready. <laughs> oh, my booty's ready. Okay. All right, good. Because we got Stephen Michael, Aaron, and we're talking about pirates on the NES. Not just any pirates, Sid Meier's pirates. That's right. That's right. Sid Meier's and, pirates, exclamation point. Yeah. Ooh. We can't forget about the exclamation Ooh, like point. Pirates. Pirates. Is pirates. Like, uh, punch out. <laughs> yeah. Well, punch out had like two exclamation points. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. I had to throw the Garth Brooks scream in there. Right. <laughs> it's only natural. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, this is a long, this episode is a long time coming. We've tried mm, about six times now, I think, to get this one rolling. Uh, How even, long ago did I say uh, I, I wanted to do a Pirates episode with you guys? Uh, well, that was 17. Was that <laughs> you for sure? Because I was thinking more like 2014. By the way, yeah, I was like, hey, if, if I ever come back on, let's do Pirates. After you, and, yeah, and, basically. And you remembered, Michael, you remembered, uh, because it was back when I was on Retro Obscura. I don't know mm-hmm. if I was even on Genesis Gems yet. I don't think you were. I think this was like early days of our, I think we were maybe 20 episodes deep. It was like right after the uh, Star Tropics episode, whatever episode that was. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was like a long time ago. In the first 20 episodes. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, that was fun. Uh, if you guys ever want me to come back on, I'll come back on for Pirates. And I said, yes, we will do Pirates soon. Mm, what now? Then, uh, almost never. But no, it happened. It is happening right now. The stars yeah. have aligned. Yeah. Finally. All right. That is correct. So um, I got the, you know, I, we can jump right in the show. I got some, I got some tangents I can go on, though. Uh, Ooh, there's a few things that are on my mind. What's on your yeah. mind? Let's get Tangent out, alert. Okay. So, Justin, you and I were talking earlier. Uh, I think it's almost a yearly tradition, or it should be if it's not already, that come around this time of year, we got to start talking about desserts. And we were talking a little bit earlier right. today, and I think we need to get Steve and Michael and Aaron's opinion on this. I'm kind of, I'm kind of talking, we'll talk summer desserts here, Okay. Um, and we're coming off the heels of the greatest candy holiday, in my opinion, which is Easter. Yeah, actually has the base. You know, you got it just has the most unique. You got the peeps coming out. You got the Cadbury eggs, uh, the Reese's Pieces eggs. I mean, there's a lot of unique candy. Um, uh, I love it. It's, it's a great candy eggs. holiday. Yeah, it's a great candy holiday. You guys peep fans? I'm a peep fan. Uh, I'm a hit or miss on the peeps. And the thing about the peep is, is, is it's only good once a year, right? It's like a treat that if they were, if if it was around all the time, I wouldn't like them. It's just a marshmallow. Yeah, Yeah. but it's once a year. It's candy corn. It's basically like candy corn. Let's be honest. It's one of those things where, yeah, like candy corn for Halloween is what peeps are for Easter. That's it's a good. An, that's a good analogy. I mean, I'll eat a peep on Easter, but you know they, they have like the Christmas peeps and stuff now too. I'm not eating a peep on Christmas. Sorry. No. Oh yeah. No. Well, that was no. the whole thing I was going to ask because my girlfriend and daughter both love peeps, 
but they're like a couple of weirdos where they actually like crack the package and let them get all like dried out and hard for a week or two. Oh, boy. And then they eat them. And I guess this past Christmas-ish season, they were trying to get the peeps in, but I guess there was like a literal nationwide peeps shortage. (laughs) So they were... Like jacked up prices, you had to get them online, and really? yeah, you basically couldn't find them in the store anywhere. Underground yeah. peeps market, black yeah, peeps. Not even kidding. Dark it was web peeps. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You had to get on the dark web to get to the peeps. I had, yeah, that, you're not. That's not the first get, time get I've get heard a dead of drop people. of peeps. I've not. That's not the first time I've heard of people like letting their peeps get stale. Uh, I have heard people do that. Uh, I'm not. I like them fresh. Oh, from I'm fresh, yeah, from yeah. fresh too. For Immediately sure. out of the package is going there the best. In fact, I will I will eat the entire package. There's oh no yeah, way. it's there's, there's no way any of them are going to go to waste. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know there was way. another way to eat them. That's one of those things where I'll I'll tell myself I'm only going to eat one or two, and I'll put them in a baggie, <laughs> and then I'll immediately eat the next two in like you know the next. 10 minutes <laughs> and just waste a baggie basically is all I've done. I, I am. Yeah, I, think, them. I think I'm I the think worst those are like, uh... candy person uh, just because <laughs> there, this is not a joke. Um, I would say that any, any holiday, you know, Christmas or Easter or whatever, we'll just use Easter as an example. Cause it just, it was just happened. But so Sunday, tons of candy, you know, my son gets candy. He can't really eat candy cause he's only like two years old. So all the candy comes to me, which is good. I like no problem, but and my, and my wife, but she's, you know, she, she's good about like pacing herself and she can make Easter candy last all summer long. Right. Mm. That, so that means my wife didn't get any candy and it was all gone by Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really good at eating candy until I get sick and then continuing to eat it. Like, so it's like one of those things I can't even keep it in the house. Yeah, I, generally, it's just not in our house. If we if if we get yeah. candy for the holidays or something, a lot of times I'll just say, take this to work, please give it to your employees, because if it's here, it's gone. I mean, it. But, yeah, yeah. But anyways, what I was wanting to talk about is desserts. OK, so, Justin, we, we had a ranking earlier through text message. Uh, you care to elaborate on what we were talking about? Well, my uh, was my bird. It was my daughter's birthday today, and she Happy was birthday. She had like a yeah. She had her part. She's double digits now, ten. Um, Ooh. yeah. Wow, we just um, celebrated my my daughter's birthday too. She just turned twelve. Awesome. My daughter yeah. just turned sixteen. Nice. Wow. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, oh, very scary. <laughs> Either way, uh, we had uh, a cookie cake last night, and I sent Michael a text that said, cookie cake greater than regular. And then he sent me a text back that said, regular or ice cream cake greater than cookie cake greater than regular cake. And then I sent him one back that said, pie greater than ice cream cake greater than cookie cake greater than uh, regular cake. And then the the granddaddy of them all, Mike, put in the cobbler greater than pie, greater than ice cream Five cake, words. greater than cookie cake, greater than regular cake. Yes. Which I concur. I, I You know, there's something about the gooeyness of a cobbler that's just, it's just amazing. But it has to be the right temperature, right? 
has to be like just out of the oven. Yeah, right. not not piping hot, but I do like it not kind of like hot. a lukewarm ish. Just so enough, yeah. Just enough to where the scoop of ice cream that I put on top doesn't immediately melt. It just kind of gets a little. That's soft. what I was missing. I yep. needed that <clears throat> scoop of ice cream, or no go. It, it what happens? The top. What happens if you put ice cream cake on top of a cobbler? Wow. I think the world I, explodes yeah. because <laughs> I don't know if my brain can handle that awesomeness right now. Yeah. Yeah, now oh, I'm man. hungry. I mean, we. What's funny is we we did ice cream cake, so I was right along for that ride there. You guys took me on, uh, and then you know you started talking about pies. I was like, well, I don't know, but it's like I love pie, but I don't know if all of my kids would really eat pie more than cake. Maybe one of them, but I think pie yeah, is probably the most controversial of the on the list, but. Uh... Pie is interesting because it doesn't have to be a dessert dish. I think that pie is just more versatile than cake. I, no one ever eats a, a cake for dinner, but you can eat a pie for dinner. I disagree. Like a chicken pot pie? Yeah, I mean, it depends <laughs> on what the filling is you put in it. I've definitely, <laughs> pie. I've definitely had cake for dinner. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, that's, that's fair. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. For like, that was literally all you yeah. ate. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. I did. There, there was a great meme I saw one time that said that uh, the second part of your life begins when you realize you don't need a special event to eat a sh- to buy a sheet cake. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's good. One. Speaking well, of cakes, yeah. uh, no, go ahead. I was, I was just going to really say bad transition. Oh, the versatility of the pie, and I think pie is the more mature. I mean, if you asked. Eight-year-old me, I don't think I would have said pie was better than cake. I probably would have picked cake. Yeah, uh, sure. Kid, you know, kids like cake way more than they like pie. It's, but but it's, really it's a gratification. I mean, yeah, I mean, they have dumb. very their their palates are so undeveloped, and pies definitely have a few different flavor combinations going on. With cake, it's pretty much just pure sugar yeah. piped into your mouth, and it's mm-hmm. it's delicious. Um, but sometimes it's too much. As you get older, you realize you need that nuance, you know, that sometimes yeah. that the pie even can have like a little bitter taste to it, but, but mix that with this, the sweet and maybe a little salty. It's, you know, pie, pie has a lot of depth, whereas uh, cake's pretty shallow. Yeah. So what do you do with a pie that's like super boring, like uh, a cream pie? Add some mm. coconut? Where it's just kind of like... You know, do you even need the crust? That's the only thing that technically makes it a pie. <laughs> yeah. is, it is that something that you're something throwing? That are you th- yeah. throwing it at one of the two dudes? Are you throwing it in their it's face? Like, is it that kind of uh, pie? Could be. Speaking yeah. of pudding and pie, I think the, the chocolate pie, that is the laziest pie, right? It's just chocolate pudding and a pie crust. It is. Yeah. Okay. So th- let's just say there's a there's a big asterisk beside the pie being better than... <laughs> Than all those other ones yeah. because there are some really terrible pies out there. Right, yeah. We should put in front of I'm that not gonna... good pie is better than, you know. Mince meat pie. No, thanks. So then Sorry. if you got cake ranks so low, what if you got like a triple German chocolate fudge cake or something like astounding, right? I'm still probably going to put it down there. Really? Still mm-hmm. at the bottom? Yeah. Something about cake. cake just, had pie know. crust on it somehow? No, I don't think that works. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. 
I mean, okay. we're, we're speaking broadly here a little bit. You know, we're not. I mean, if you if you want to get specific and give me a specific cake, a specific pie, a specific cobbler, then I may change my ranking. But in in general terms, uh, I stand by what uh, Jess and I came up with. Here's something. Like, uh, the the only way cake and and pies kind of meet in the middle is when you get to cheesecake, because you've got quote unquote cake, and then it has some sort of pie crust on the bottom. Usually, I think cheesecake is mine. I, I, I think cheesecake is a controversial one because it, but I do I do agree. I think it is a pie. Yeah. it's got the crust. I mm. think so. I agree. There's really nothing about it that makes it a cake. Like a cake is flour. It's like a bread consistency. And there's nothing about a cheesecake that says that. Yeah, other than the idiot that named it a cheesecake. I mean, who, who did that? <laughs> <laughs> he should have named it cheese pie. It would have been much better. Yeah. Hey, I think speaking there are of cheese pies, though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of, uh, you know, we're talking about kids being idiots and stuff. I got another uh, tangent alert. I got another tangent. You know, I was watching them. I was watching a movie, uh, so you know I, I'm with, I'm the guy with the youngest child here, I think, right? So I'm the newest newest dad. Yeah. But I was watching a movie. And it was about kids. It was about, you know kids doing. It was a comedy, and it was about like they had like a toddler, and it was doing crazy things. And I realized while I was watching this movie, now being a dad, that I always thought the movies were like super exaggerated and ridiculous, uh, just to be funny. No, they're just real mm-hmm. and they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things are real. Like the the kid like squeezing something and it's squirting up into the air and hitting the ceiling. No, it's, that's not exactly yeah, exaggerated. That, that's that is uh, definitely something. Or the happens. or the diarrhea from he double hockey sticks. Definitely yep. real. <laughs> so it's just or going to open the diaper and then you just get immediately peed on. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. That's actually so frequent. It's not even funny anymore. It's just like oh, it's happening. Yeah, it's like yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I, just, I just thought that was funny. You're talking about kids. I was like, uh, yeah, I was watching that movie the other night. I thought, and it just dawned on me. No longer do I think that this is ridiculous just for laughs. It's just kind of realistic and funny. It's almost a documentary. Yeah. yeah. All right. Speaking of documentaries, we should probably talk about this game a little bit. You got any it is a documentary, uh, isn't it? Tidbits or, or trivia for us, Justin? Now it's time for Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. Time to get out your D-pad notepads because you're about to get schooled by the doctor. All right. Not only do I have tidbits and trivia, I have it in the form of a quiz game. Yes. Sweet. All right. So for those listening at home, there'll be five questions. Each question has four multiple choice answers. If the the contestants can buzz in with their name if they think they know the answer. They can wait until all answers answer choices are read, or they can buzz in at any time. All right, let's get started. Question number one. This game has the developer's name at the beginning of it, which was novel at the time for video games. Who suggested that this would be this be done? Is it A, Shigeru Miyamoto, Mike? David Crane. No. (laughs) David Crane? (laughs) He talks about, if you look at this way back to our Boy in the Blob episode, he talked about being one of the front Mm -hmm. men for pushing for that, actually. So. Okay. So I was just, so clarification, were you asking for who suggested it or were you saying developer? 
Who suggested this to Sid Myers personally? Okay. All right. Mm. It was suggested at a dinner party dinner party to give you a hint. I'm sticking with my answer. All right. Wrong. Well, it's still wrong. It's still wrong. Um, <laughs> a Shigeru Miyamoto. B Koji Kondo. C so ah oh, so, dang it Celero uh, Iwata or D Robin Williams. Aaron, why not just go crazy and I'll say D Robin Williams. It's Robin Williams. That is correct. <laughs> That's cool. It was at wow. a party. It was like an event. It was like a corporate event. And Robin Williams liked the I likes the idea. He just floated the idea that they should just put his name at the beginning of the game, and they did it. So there you oh, go. So they started putting Sid Meier at the beginning of every uh, Sid Meier or Microprose game. Yep, because Robin Williams wanted it. He's That's crazy. So I there you go. Did not know that. Very cool. All right, so Aaron comes out on top with with uh, after the first question. Question number two: Sid Meier's partner and microprose, Spill Steely, served in what branch of the military? Is it A. Army, B. Navy, C. Air Force, or D. Marines? Aaron, Steve, Aaron, I think buzzed in first. Um, I was going to say it was, was it between you said army, air force, Navy, Marines, Marines. Um, I was going to go for air force. It's air force. Iron Hickman with a uh, commanding lead. Navy would have made too much sense, right? If you would have had coast guard, yeah, I, know. I would have been, yeah. I would have been buzzing um, in. I was thinking Navy was my thought. I thought Navy because of silent service, but then I was just like, I remember they made like some sort of flight simulator game before that game. Exactly, Aaron. Some of the early games that Bill Stilley and Sid Meier developed prior were aviation games. That's insane. And they actually bonded. They actually met each other by their their love of aviation. So uh, (laughs) if you knew that... He would have got that question, like Aaron did. He did his homework. That's it, Aaron. You're off the show. Got him in the lead, two to nothing. (laughs) Why don't you go back to your own show, Aaron? Jeez. I don't. I don't think if uh, we teamed up, we could take down Aaron at this point. Well, there's a reason that there's a there's a reason there's an Ask Aaron segment and not an Ask Michael or Stephen Michael. Right. (laughs) Yep, that makes sense. All right. Question three. If Aaron gets this one, he'll wrap it up. This may be the earliest (laughs) victory in quiz game history. Oh, no. The the NES release for this game was actually a late port. What system was the game initially related? All right, Steve. Steve. Aaron. Commodore 64. It's Commodore 64. Yeah. Steve he got it. Good job, Steve. Uh, I knew that one too. Played it. Square. He blocked the he blocked the win by Aaron. Yep, I, uh, so I played it on that Commodore actually. Yeah. All right. Here's a little. Here's a little easier game. Here, here let me a little easier question. Um, while designed by Microbros, who released the game for the NES? Aaron. Aaron. Oh, uh, Konami. Using no, the ultra Mike. label. No, no, no. You said Konami Steve. first. Steve. Yeah, you did. Steve. No, I said the full answer, though. <laughs> I'm going to be dantic like my son is. Because I said my Mike son does before this all you the time. This, this <laughs> might be tough. Did you say? Because. Uh, 
This is gonna be tough. I, because Konami and Ultra are both answer choices. So I, I Konami's uh, wrong though. Konami's no, it's, wrong. It's Ultra Ultra is their division, mm-hmm. so they can get around the Nintendo limit of games yeah. to be released in any one year. I know, okay. but I, the way I said it was Konami under the ultra label. Okay, that's it. That's it. We're gonna go. We're going to the soundboard, and I'm gonna hit a random button. If it's an Aaron button, you get it, Aaron. Otherwise, uh, I get it. Okay. Sounds like I get it. Yep. I don't even have an Aaron button. (laughs) All right, that's great. We'll give it to Mike. Um, give, me, give me the pity. So is, give me the pity here. Pity, pity. So at, at question five, we're going into question five. Aaron can win it, or Steven or Michael can actually tie. We gotta keep things in here. Yep. Yeah. All right. So hey, what is on. one, one, one thing, real quick. Aaron, just uh, I think what got you is you're too smart for your britches. As we say in the in the southeast, <laughs> you, you, wanted to, you got a little too fancy he tried with your to be answer. Fancy with I it. did, I did. So, anyways, go ahead. All right. So, question five: What is something unique that Sid Myers wanted gamers to experience with each of his games? Was it a learn something? B get angry. C find peace. Or D, be motivated. Steve. Aaron. Steven? I want to say learn Steve. something. It was learn something. Yeah. yeah. Good one. Yep. yep. <laughs> he makes no sense, Michael. I said that makes the, said that makes the most sense. That's what I said. But. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It also doesn't make all sense. Kind of what were you guys thinking? The answer was. No, I was thinking the that same was I was thing with, because. Yeah. yeah. He did. He made a lot of simulation games, and each one had like accurate historical information in it. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. Cool. So so two way tie. It's a two way tie. Um, Do you need a tiebreaker? Let's let's see. Um, what have I got okay. in my pockets? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? I'm thinking. That I'm thinking of a number. Um, no. Um, <laughs> all right. Here we go. Why do pirates wear a patch over one of their eyes? What is it? A. They lost an eye in gun Aaron. battle. Aaron. <laughs> they lost an eye during battle. That's incorrect. I'm so happy you took that answer, not me. Is it Uh, B? To keep their eye, one eye adjusted to nightfall. Is it C? To keep themselves from scratching their eye with their hook. Or D, it was the fashion of the time. It's got to be so they can see their enemies. Whatever it was. That makes yeah, sense. it's B, and I just—I don't even know if that's true. I just like typed in pirate trivia, and that's one of the things that came up. So it may. Have, oh, it may... so I could be right. I could be right. <laughs> but I'm—I'm hey. I'm right for this actual in, question. In this though, particular so. universe, you win. What? Uh, yeah, well, this is the right. one we're living in. So. Thank, you. thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. You can't see it, but I'm bowing right now, everybody. Yes, yes. Well, I, I do. Have, I have got another bonus question. What uh, What does the ocean say to pirates? What? 
Nothing. See you later. Just waves. <laughs> <laughs> this game has a lot of that. Yep. All right. Well, Michael, did you have this game growing up? Or did you go out on a quest to find it? Now it's time for the thrill of 8-Bit Discovery with Michael's quest to find the cart. That, speaking of quests, that was a long uh, intro jingle. One more intro to, music? I'm not used to events alone. Okay. Uh, well, Justin, I'm glad you asked. Not that you wouldn't ask because you ask every episode, but um, this one, I had to go on a little bit of a quest. Um, so I was uh, I was out and about around town. You know, COVID's out and about as well, so I, I decided to go by boat to try to avoid... COVID-19 um, mm-hmm. because I've seen a lot of people driving around in their cars with masks on so I'm afraid to drive I'm afraid I might get I'm afraid it lives in cars so um, so I, I went by boat and so I was you know I was just riding riding along in my boat um, it's a sailboat and as you know Justin I did go to one meeting of the sail club at the University of Tennessee so I'm a really pretty profound sailor um, right, right. We, we, you know, we, our con- contribution to the sailing club was we went to one meeting and we drank a lot and listened to sailing music. Yes. <laughs> not at the meeting. Not at the meeting. Unfortunately, this was just like months and months after going to. <laughs> no, mo- uh, mostly Christopher Cross, but uh, you know. Oh okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, maybe so. some uh, sticks. Yeah, of we definitely listened to that sticks. one. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I was on. I was sailing, sailing down the the Tennessee River, and um, it was not very windy on the Tennessee River, so it took a long time. But I eventually made it to Georgia, where I was met by. Wow, this is going on way too long. No, I don't have this game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't go on a quest to get it. Fair I don't enough. have it. Uh, I, de- I demoed this one. So there you go. There's my story. <laughs> I love you. Bam. just gave up right in the middle. Just <laughs> boom, done. I'm trying to figure out new ways to tell my stories. You know, I think it was the last episode. I just flat out didn't tell one. And then this episode, you know, I stopped midway. <laughs> Stay tuned for next episode to see how I tell my story. We just cut the segment out completely next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Might as well, huh? If you do point. two intros in a row, that intro and another one, and then never address it. Yeah, yeah. never address it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure something out. Anyways, uh, I didn't, sure. but Aaron or Steven, did you? Uh, do you have this game? Yeah, uh, I, I definitely did. had it. Yep. You want to go first, Aaron? Uh, why not? Yeah. So. First time I encountered it was on a friend's computer. They had it on the Amiga, uh, which was the first place I played it. And then I found it at a pawn shop. That was my quest. Uh, I went there with my brother uh, sometime in the mid-90s, to be honest. Um, And we went, and they had a copy of Pirates. And I didn't remember Pirates being on the NES at that time. Um, that was back before the internet was everywhere. And so you kind of had to look at like those Funko land listings. Um, and then, yeah, found the game in 
absolutely loved it. Um, having already played a bit of it on Amiga, I was hooked, and I was kind of thrilled that they were able to take this game that was a computer title and pretty much faithfully reproduce it on the NES, what I felt. So, yeah. Very nice. Cool. Yeah. So... Uh, I ended up playing this for the first time ever at my great grandpa's house and they had a Atari 2600 set up and a bunch of games, but I never really liked that because they had a, you know, an original NES set up there. So one of the games was pirates and, you know, playing Mario and all that, like, of course those are fun and groundbreaking. However, playing pirates where it's like an actual quote unquote open world type game, like basically blew my mind. Uh, I was absolutely obsessed with that game and unfortunately only had it there, you know, for a relatively short period of time, you know, just visits, which weren't all that, you know, all that often, but thankfully it had a a battery pack uh, for saving and everything. Uh, At any rate, didn't have a map for it. So had to basically memorize the entire Caribbean, you know, as a relatively young kid and would be super aggressive with everything. And, Long story short, I ended up getting that copy from my grandpa after he passed away. And like an idiot, uh, I don't know, about a decade ago when I started first collecting video games, I found a, this was a little bit of a beat up copy, nothing crazy. Uh, But I found a crisp, like new, not new, but like, you know, very well-preserved copy and ended up just getting rid of the other one. And I've kicked myself ever since for not having that original just to hold on to it. You know, I probably made ten or twelve bucks or whatever. But yep, had this game for yep, had this game for a long time, played it many, many times, all different kinds of styles. So I do have they we had the instruction manual, but it wasn't the original. It was like this weird scanned in, folded up copy. Um so I still have that at least. Uh, so that's kinda memorable from having this game so young. Uh, all I have left is the manual to the game. The real manual. <laughs> I, yeah, the real manual. Because um, I'd gotten a box copy after I sold my initial copy. Of course, I sold all my NES games sometime in 2008 or so. Um, I had something like over 300 games. Wow. This was sadly one of them. Uh, but then... Uh, Someone that I know, Michael and Justin remember, uh, Chad Chad Hall. He used to be part of the Retro Junkies a long time yeah. ago. Uh, he found me a box copy of this game because he knew it was like my, my favorite NES game. And he ended up uh, uh, shipping a copy to me. And uh, yeah, complete in box with the, the manual. And, and then I don't know what happened to that copy of the game. So now all I have is the manual. Uh, but yeah, it's still like... It's either my favorite NES game or top five, somewhere in there. Did you ever have the map with it? Uh, you know what? For the longest time, I did not. Uh, and I didn't even realize that it came with a map until I played like a Pirate's Gold, um, where I guess that one had a built-in map. But yeah, I didn't realize the NES version came with a map <laughs> yeah. until I was able to look at like game facts or game FAQs years later. Yeah, I didn't realize it either. Yeah, so I, I was with you. I was I was memorizing the locations, uh, and then in, once we had the internet, um, I was printing out multiple pages so I could stitch together a map because <laughs> the map was That's so awesome. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and then, you know, making my own little notes on the map. And uh, because if you, depending on the time period you played this game at, the the cities actually change. Yep, settlements change. And also who control, like what, you know, empires control what locations. Who's right. larger, smaller, you know, how powerful they are, how aggressive they are. Yeah, that all changes. It's pretty sweet. Kind of gives it kind of a something that's still kind of remarkable, and especially for NES, was that it kind of gave it the feel. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a living, breathing world. You yeah. know, it sh- where it things sure were changing uh, outside of you. It sure does sound like you guys are going to try to talk about the game discussion segment, which is next. After that's after five more tangents. We got to this. <laughs> You know that you know we're supposed to stick a commercial in here before you guys get get started on all that stuff, okay? So do it. we're going to commercial, and when we come back, you can continue your discussion. Leave it, at, leave crunch. it to Aaron. Leave it to Aaron. Obviously, always, always. I'm Tom Arnold, and I'm impressed that you're listening to two dudes at a desk. Time to dig in to some good old fashioned game discussion. Okay. Go ahead, Aaron. Continue on your journey. I'm just still amazed that you got Tom Arnold to say anything. Seriously. (laughs) That's so cool. Is that a knock on us or Tom Arnold? Uh, You know, take your pick. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Well, Um, you know how how I like to start the the real gameplay discussion is with the manual. Yeah. So, Aaron, do you have yours handy? Um, I I have the next best thing. I don't want to get up and go grab it. Uh, so, yeah, I've got That's the PDF okay. version. Well, yeah. since since you truly do have a copy somewhere, supposedly, I'll let you read supposedly. it. Read the story for us. Sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, it says, "Ahoy, matey! Welcome aboard." And then it says, "This is a." Fun little manual. It's got a picture of a ship. And it says, To a time of bold adventuring when the sword was mightier than the pen. Ooh. A time of grand opportunities for someone with enough ambition, courage, and muscle. From a humble start, you set out for the Caribbean to make a reputation for yourself. Do you guys say Caribbean or Caribbean? Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's based on the setting of the sentence. Mm. It's almost like crescent and croissant, right? That's fair. You I wouldn't say, say croissant. a croissant roll. Yeah, but would you say a croissant <laughs> roll? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> this is a whole other discussion we got to get into later. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so the Caribbean, I'm just kidding. The Caribbean to make a reputation for yourself, build or steal a fortune. Game that promotes stealing. Absolutely. Uh, meet beautiful women, unearth buried treasures, and with royal favor, perhaps even gain a title of nobility. In Pirates, you will do all that and more. Your goal is to make your fortune sailing the Spanish main so that you may retire to a life of wealth, ease, and high status. The quality of your retirement is a sum of your personal wealth, your rank, your lands, your reputation, the wife you marry, Fanny, and whatever pleasing events you accomplish during your adventures, such as saving members of your family from kidnappers. After your voyage, you can return to port and divide up the plunder, 
and then retire or return to adventuring if your health permits. Ah, but you're not ready to hear about retiring. You're just a young landlubber seeking a chance to conquer the high seas, hoist the sails, and prepare to set off. There you go. Nice. Uh, that sums it up pretty well. Um, yeah. As far as the story goes, the game though, whew, this this game's dense. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like a Koei strategy game, but I would say there is definitely some stuff to learn. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, I did, obviously I didn't play this as a kid. Uh, I didn't play it. I really have not played it until we went to discuss it on the podcast. So I don't have a ton of experience with it. So I want to rely on you and Steven to do a lot of the uh, the gushing over the game. But I just will say that uh, this game is going to, if you want a game that, if you like, first, if you like simulation games and you want a game that's going to be worth your money, uh, this is this this is a game that will take you a long time to to really figure out and, and wrap, wrap your head around. So, you know. I'm, but once d- you get those... Once you get those intricacies, though, it is just amazing. It's unbelievable yeah. for an NES game. I, you know, a game from that era. I just, it still blows me away. Yeah, same here. It just feels like uh, there weren't many other NES games outside of maybe there was only one other game I can think of that even had piracy in it. Let alone, you know, talking about the real world and sailing around, which is I think Uncharted Waters, and this one just plays a lot smoother in my opinion it's just easier to jump into and yeah. go go i mean like the first scene in this game is literally you having to take charge of a ship right you have to go there's a ship on fire and then you have yep. to like fight uh an enemy captain and um and that's where the game starts to slowly introduce its mechanics and so the first thing is like okay well how do i fight and <laughs> so you figure out how to fight um and, you know, you don't have, like, a life meter. Uh, there's basically, like, there's morale for your men at the bottom of the screen, and that sort of dictates, like, how good you're doing versus how bad the enemy captain's doing. And it kind of it kind of switches. It can go back and forth. So, like, they can gain the upper hand, or you can gain the upper hand. Yeah, and but, you got several weapons to choose from, which dictates how your attacking style is going to go. And those all have little intricacies. Yeah, isn't it based like how like the length of the blade and kind of how fast you're gonna speed yeah. like that? Yeah, I always use the the I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but the rapier, rapier, yeah. whatever that is. And I just basically push forward into them and then just mash <laughs> the button over and over and over. And like I win probably ninety nine point nine percent of the battles that way on any difficulty setting. Doesn't matter. Hey, Steven, is that one of them words that depends on what the context of the sentence? <laughs> uh, it may be if I even knew one proper way to pronounce it. <laughs> I should say cutlass. That's fine. And longsword. That's no problem there. That's easy, yeah. But yeah, um, there there are, even before you get into that battle, the game presents you with options. So... Before you even get into like that first battle, you have to figure out, okay, what's they ask you for the last name of your family. They ask you, oh, hey, do you want to play during a specific time period? And if you hit no, I think it just takes you to a default 
year. It takes you to um, the easiest say, yeah. year, I think. Right. Uh, and then if you see, say yes, it goes all the way from, I think, the... It's like the 1500s to 1600s. It's 15, so it's the Silver Empire in 1560. Spain controls all but one colony. Got merchants and smugglers, 1600. New colonists, 1620. War of Profit, 1640. Buccaneer Heroes, 1660. And Pirates, Sunset, 1680. Yeah, and, uh, so this is this is a typical simulation game thing, which is like, oh, hey, you can sort of dive in uh, into the game at certain points. But it, I, I would say, unlike other simulation games, this one isn't saying, oh, you are this specific person in history. It's it's more like, no, you're the player and we're just going to say that you're a pirate or you're you know, you came from a family. You don't even have to be a pirate in this game if you don't want to be. You're just the player. Um, and it's cool that it kind of gives you that ambiguity. It, that's what makes it kind of open world. You can decide yeah. to be a pirate or not be a pirate. If you want to, you know, depending on the time period of this game that you choose could depend whether you even want to be a pirate, because I think it's uh, war buccaneers is the one where, uh, at least according to the manual, like that's where the Spanish has the most wealth that you can go plunder. Um, and then if you do like pirate sunset, you're better off. I think being a trader, if you're being like a, a Dutchman or something. And I don't know if any time period in this game is good to be the Spanish, to be honest, because the Spanish in this game are kind of like the overlords, right? Yeah. They're kind of like the ones with all the money at the time. And they kind of, they called it the Spanish main for, for a reason. So it's much You lose easier. a lot of targets. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you have way less targets to attack and that's like, you know, your bread and butter in the game for the most yeah. part. Cause the game doesn't really end until you want it to end. And your end goal is to try and get land and titles. And you only get titles. Uh, you know, you, if you attack enemy ships, on behalf of like the Spanish crown or the English crown. Um, and so that that's how you like rise up and rank in this game. And that gives you, you know, more points to your end score, basically. Yeah. So you can retire a rich man. Exactly. And it's great when you, when you go to retire this game, I love it because that's part of the replayability of this and the addictiveness is, when you go retire, there's like a long list of things you can retire to do. And if you retire too early and let's say you didn't find buried treasure and you didn't marry a nice wife, um, then you end up a pauper at the end of the game or you're like a, <laughs> a sharecropper. Uh, there's like so many different things that you retire to become just based on uh, I think how happy your crew was because they have their own morale system and also just, um, you know, how much money you ended up with at the end of the game and your, your rank. Yeah. You guys, some you, interesting. Yeah. You guys kind of hinted at it, but I don't think he came right out and said it. You can also, not only are you picking the time period that you're from, but you're also picking like which side you're on sort of. Yes. So you can be this, yeah. you can be English, you can be the which Spanish. nationality. The Dutch, Dutch. Or, or French. So you can be like or all you these be a different pirate who doesn't care. Yeah, you could be a pirate who just attacks everybody. Right. <laughs> Willy nilly. So that was really usually my style. 
But you still have All to pick. War on you, still have to pick you still have to pick your nationality. You can go against your own side if you, if you want to. Yep. You really can. So the, uh, you can the, do some dirty underhanded stuff. And each each one starts with different, like, I'll say stats for lack of a better term, but different booty or whatever, depending on what area you're in and stuff. And then some are not even available, depending on which area you start, because they're trying to be so historically accurate. Um, They've been wiped out. Yeah, that, that really adds out of whatever they were. Yeah, that really adds a lot to the replayability too of this game. Because there's so it's, yeah, it's like, a, like it's a spider web of different um, paths through this game. Yeah, there's like a, a sure. randomness and a chance that affects everything. Like you'll you, you kind of get what I call into random encounters in this game, sort of like a typical RPG of that era where you're just going about your business on the high seas and then an event will happen and you'll be taken to another screen. And sometimes it's just, you know, a ship from your nationality and you can hail them for news and they tell you like, oh, hey, the French and the Dutch are allies. Oh, no, malaria hit this place. Don't go there. You might get sick. Um, You know, like that, that sort of thing. And then sometimes you'll encounter pirates uh, yeah. Other like notorious pirates that you want to go after, because if you go and capture those guys, then not only can you get their gold and some of their men to join you, but they give you the option of you can hold them for ransom and you can take them back to a governor if you feel like it and, you know, get some sweet change and maybe an extra title. Uh, or you can actually ask them about the, there's like two things you can ask them about, right? Like, uh, because Spain has all this money, they have the silver train, which is something that travels across the land, um, that's land bound. But then they also have the treasure fleet, which travels randomly all around the Spanish main. And then they'll tell you where it is or where it was last spotted. And so like, depending on like what difficulty you're on, you may want to go like, okay, I'm going to race right over there. And I don't know. There's just like this. If you play this game enough and you just like, know to race towards wherever that, that treasure is. And there's just like this elation and this sense, um, this great feeling. Like when you actually get there and you're like, Oh, I'm going to take it down. Um, and you know, this little jingle that plays, especially in the NES version, when you actually accomplish that and, you know, it says there's like an exclamation point. It's like the, um, the treasure fleet is in town, right? Uh, so you get to that town and you invade it and you actually take it over. Um, and then you just like see this cool little image of like all this treasure and you see like your men all happy. And it's like so much money and way more money than you had had, you know, earlier in the game that you can pretty much just kind of dominate by that point. And yeah, you know, for sure. What's yeah, even worse is when you go to attack and you don't actually win because they outnumber you. <sighs> if it's like early game and you just don't have the forces to actually invade That's properly. That's so sad. Yeah. Yep. That's almost like you might as well just restart. <laughs> you know, you can you save scum, which is just like where you go, you save your game. And then if you know you're going to have a, a, a crazy encounter like that, you just keep on restarting. <laughs> it goes your way. 
Yeah, that happens. You get outnumbered in this game a lot. And the the other thing we didn't mention was that you have to pick a skill at the beginning of the game. And that can really determine stuff early on. Um, Like you can pick a skill at gunnery. So like, do your cannons actually hit the enemy? You can do skill at navigation like when you're tacking against the wind if you play this game on a higher difficulty forget it <laughs> you yeah. have a terrible time but if yeah, you have it'll start skill, going backwards right like it's drunk uh yeah. if you have the the skill at navigation at least um the the wind favors you a little more and i think i chose like, fencing yeah fencing fencing's good because it's it's a skill that you're going to use throughout the game yeah yeah, I can't like. imagine. Like, uh, I don't really understand um, the. You know, I, I struggle to understand bits and pieces of the game. So, knowing what skill to get, I was totally beyond me. But I think it is cool that the wind plays such a factor in the game. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's really yeah. Your your ship size, the ship speed, and then obviously the wind, the direction. So you could be in a faster ship against a slower one, but if you you know you're got to go into headwind, you know you'll never catch them by the time they get off screen and escape. Yeah, and they will if they're trying to run from you as opposed to attack you. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely recommend if you're kind of new to this game, of course, put it on Apprentice, get used to the mechanics. Um, you know, like when you part of this game is just you go into towns, you talk to the governor. It's kind of a cadence. Talk to the governor if you can. He might give you some information about a long lost sister or <laughs> some pirate that you like. He gives you escort missions sometimes if you're in his favor. Um, so this game has escort missions. It has a dating sim aspect, which is where you go around to different governors and you try and woo their daughters. And what's funny is you'll hit some landmines uh, sometimes where it's like the, the ladies aren't um, necessarily the, the most attractive in this game. They kind of have different levels of attractiveness. May or may not uh, have a boil. But they're actually helpful if you just decide, I just want to be friends with them. I'm not going to try and you know take them out for dinner or whatever. Aaron, and so you can killer. have... Picking and choosing, right? right? <laughs> you can have like ladies all over the place, and you just decide to make a small conversation. And suddenly, they, they're acting Mike. as spies for you in this game, which is so yeah. crazy. So you can go to different towns, and it's like you go visit the governor, and your lady friends like, "Oh, did you hear so and so, such and such pirates in this place?" Or, "Hey, I, like they found something about your long lost relative," or blah blah blah. Like it's all randomized but it's just it's like a cool concept like oh you're not necessarily gonna have to marry the first lady you meet in the game mike i just hope you get the drop of aaron saying you can have ladies all over the place (laughs) (laughs) i need to save i need to save that audio clip i'll stick it right next to the the, uh nick stevens top 10 (laughs) (laughs) Some of these ladies will rebuff you like hard, and that's why you would want to pick whoa, the, the whoa, whoa, Aaron, This is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> they are rebuffing you. Nothing more. I promise. I, don't, I honestly so don't know what rebuff means. So. <laughs> rebuff just means they rebuff your advances, and they as in they turn you down. They're oh, like, okay. nope. Okay, gotcha. 
they nope you. It's yeah. usually the prettier ones are the ones that want nothing to do with you. I'm just, yeah. I'm just unless you unless you have like fame notoriety. Fame, right? yeah. yeah, you got to get. I mean, Justin, you know me. You can understand why I didn't know what rebuff meant. <laughs> uh, Tennessee boy, born and raised. I just meant uh, I've, I've never experienced a, a rebuffing. This is, oh, this is new to me. Yeah, yeah. all right. That's just because you met your wife and that was it. Yeah, I'm a one woman man. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, you guys. Hold on, I'll let you guys get back to gushing about this game because I know you and Aaron are just you're. I know I knew this would be a love fest. That's don't why worry. I had you on. <laughs> um, don't worry, but uh, just autopilot. Just, it's autopilot. Just uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I figured it'd be easy, an easy day for Justin and I to just have you guys on. But I do want to. I do want to. I do want to. Yeah. I got to get a little bit of negative in here because this is uh, we're going a little too. The, the train's going a little too positive, and this is not. Uh, you know, this is not a perfect game by any means. Uh, I gotta go, guys. The the, the <laughs> game is it's really difficult to get into, um, and everything moves very slowly, like at a snail's Super pace. Slow. And I understand you're sailing, and you got to have the wind, and I like that aspect. But even when the wind is at your back, it's it's like the, it's literally it's a simulation. It feels like how long it would take me to sail from. Like Spain to America, <laughs> it, it is forever. Sure, I think that that is a totally valid argument by today's standards. You didn't play it, you know, when you were younger, kind of like right. us. And for me personally, I loved when I just was had a blue screen. As boring as that may be or seem, having a blue screen for let's say three or five minutes, depending on whatever angle you cut across the sea not knowing where I was going next and then just seeing a little bit like a peak of land somewhere and having to like turn kind of back around to get to it and explore, Oh, where are these towns who controls it? You know, when you go to, when you get to a town, you know, you can sail right into the Harbor, you know, you can just go, you know, if it's like landlocked, you can march into the town, but then you can also attack it or sneak in. Like there's, there's just choices. So Everything like you, like I can almost remember feeling my anxiety go up when I was coming to a town because it was like, is this friendly? Is it not? Am I going to attack them? You know, am I going to get my ship blown up? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was like that excitement. If it was like every town you went to, you knew exactly where everything was. And it was like super linear. You know, I think that'd be almost kind of boring. Can you play some Yacht Rock for us? That's it. Oh, or some sea day. shanties. And well, now, I just you guys, imagine. Do you guys ever hear any sea shanties? Oh, uh, there was that, that, sh- that sea shanty that was huge on, on TikTok for a while uh, that became like a huge meme. And Aaron, then I, you, I couldn't. Could, you were so hip. You were so hip, man. I don't, I don't get it. How old are you? I thought you were close to our age. Yeah, I'm old enough. Just turned 16. <laughs> you just, you, you, you're talking about all these TikToks and, uh, man, you're, you're hip, dude. Shanties <laughs> became huge for a minute on TikTok. Um, and, yeah, I heard about it. I heard one of the songs. It was great. Different people, like, got together. Like, one person would sing this actual sea shanty, and then other people would join in with, like, oh, here's a harmony. Here's a, you know, a bass drop, right? Here's a... <laughs> 
here's an yeah. EDM dance beat that they added to it. And suddenly you've got like, what oh, now I'm listening to like sea shanty <laughs> <laughs> electronic dance music. Like, that's, that's great. That's what EDM yeah, I didn't stands even for? Know. Yeah. Electronic dance music. Interesting. Yeah. God, learn something new every day. Yeah, I've learned I several days things on this Oh, for oh, you and I both. The sea shanty thing, I heard Elon Musk talking about it on Joe Rogan's podcast. And, you know, if you just YouTube, I don't know anything about TikTok, but you just YouTube sea shanties. There are tons of them. They're super addicting. They They're like little earworms. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, they were the pop songs of their day because people would memorize them and sing them on boats. Uh, I, I do remember us listening to uh, "What Do You Do with a Drunken Sailor" several times on repeat, along with Christopher yeah, right. Cross. You know, that was a, that was one of them. nine nine bottles of beer on the wall. Yeah. Hey, you know uh-huh. the, that that three to five minute uh, boat ride you're talking about, Stephen. That does give you time to go make you a hot pocket or something. So I guess I can appreciate. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was thinking it gives you time to listen to "Sailing" by Christopher Cross. That's true. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, yeah, but they don't. Yeah. You also get those random game. encounters. Yeah, that's, uh, so that's that what it is the, the game is, right? <laughs> well, that's what the game is kind of broken up by. Um, and I've seen other games do this too, where, and this is sort of to make up for the more primitive graphics uh, of the time, you know, when it came out in like 87 or whatever, um, was that, you know, you don't see... You don't really see the ships, the enemy ships or things on the screen. The game has to sort of flip over to another screen, like a random encounter to get you there. But I feel like there are enough random encounters in this game so that it's not so bad. Um, I see that as more of a plus to break up that flow. But I definitely get you because there are times where it feels like the game has territories and places where ships are invisibly sailing. So I can get how that would be frustrating because depending on what course you travel on, you might have a couple minutes where there are no random encounters. Cause you're literally like in no man's land or, or no one owns that territory. Like if you get too far up North, what happens to you? So like I, I get that. And, and if you, you don't know, have I'm a sure map, forget about it. If you don't have a map, if you're a newcomer to this game, then I would say absolutely play it with a map or better yeah, to. Play, play the Sega Genesis version that has a built in map. Um, did I say that? Ooh, damn. Uh, How dare you. No, I'm going to say something controversial, which is that I prefer the, the NES version of this game um, because. Now there's a drop. Oh, <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> that. <laughs> I prefer this version of the game because I think the combat's more fluid uh, than the Genesis version. And also, when you visit towns in the Genesis version, you kind of have to walk up to everything. And this game just gives you a nice little menu, and you can pick what you want right yeah. off the bat. Uh, so Genesis one, it's like, oh, I gotta walk over somewhere. Speaking of walking, you can forget about walking on land. That takes forever. Oh, that's even worse. Than I sailing. agree with you. I agree with that you. Is that is painful. painful. Yep. That that is sure. pain, especially when you have to walk to like Panama or like somewhere yeah. where it's a, a city in the middle of the land, and um, then it goes into like the land battle, which I hardly ever did in this game because it was kind of. It was kind of crazy. Uh, but the, the land battle was just when, like, attacking cities, though. 
on on land. Like you didn't get the random encounters like you would on no. the sea. No, you didn't. But there were there were things where if you had to march up to a town in the middle of land and actually fight against it, then it would put you into this thing where you're marching your soldiers up and then they're marching their soldiers up and, and both sides have muskets. That's what I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. And and I agree. That was probably the worst aspect of the game between the land walking and then the land combat. But you know, if, you, if you're attacking... You avoid it. Yeah. If you're attacking a city by sea... You know, unless you had the wind blowing in the opposite direction, which is totally messing you up, which is practically impossible at that point. You just have to come back later and hope for the uh, wind to change. Pick but, the fastest ship, which is, yep. that was always my strategy. You pick the fastest, lightest ship, hope that you have enough crew, like a sloop or something or a pinnace, and you go into a place, you go to uh, Cuba, you go to Havana or something, and they've got like four forts. And there's some rich city. You go in there with your little ship, and uh, you can sail in there. You can try and uh, and take it over. <laughs> if you're at a low difficulty, you can you can you might actually accomplish it. Yeah. But uh, the higher the difficulty, they they don't play around, and they will whittle, whittle you down to like one person left. And as soon as you get attacked, if they hit your guy, uh, <laughs> you're gone. Going to the jail. You go into the break for like months and then you get older in this game. You actually do age. Yeah. And you get busted out and then they're like, no, you can't be our captain anymore. Oh, wait. Yeah. The, 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 the busting out part is just the story. Like when they get you out, that was always, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I thought, well, that's, it's a nice little touch. Yeah. Or like you get marooned on a deserted Island. Um, and yeah, same deal. Like one of your former crew members recognizes you and takes pity on you. I wish it was marooned on a desert or on a desert island. Huh? Desert island. He's a, ah, he's a cobbler. I'd be down yeah. for that. It's yeah, a uh, vanilla cake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love that. So yeah, like once you. I would say, Mike, once you get the flow of this game, you really can get into it. And of course, if you have a map and, um, you know, there are some things that, that make your time with it much better, I would say, like just knowing like, oh, hey, I need to go uh, take some ships from people or like I'm better off ramming into ships than I am actually trying to fight them half the time. Yeah, because. The, you can, the cannon battles are tough. The cannon battles are tough, especially if you're trying to use a larger ship against a, a, a smaller ship. It's nearly yeah. impossible. So a lot of times it's zipping around. take your fastest ship out, go take their giant war galleon uh, that they have, go ram into it and just climb aboard their ship and try and take it over. And that's, at least in the lower difficulties, um, that seems to do the best. But yeah, which um, I mean, you know, I will say on the lower difficulty. What's up? I was just gonna say I, I will say that the I think the ship battle part is probably my favorite part, even though it's very frustrating when your ship is the I guess the same ship as the opponent and it's the same speed. 
And so nothing is happening. You're yes. just like sailing. <laughs> I hate that. Synchronized that sailing. Yes. Yeah, Synchronized exactly. sailing. Exactly. Synchronized sailing. It was, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world when that happens. But when it doesn't happen and you're like dancing around each other, trying to shoot each other with cannons or, or ramming and, and boarding and fencing, that's when the game's pretty cool. Um, at least it's from a gameplay standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was a little kid, probably literally the first memory of this game ever I was playing with an older cousin and I'm sure it was his copy or whatever that he left there. But long story short, I'm like in like a little sloop or like a, a real tiny ship and right out of the gate, like I chose Spain, end up attacking like a Spanish galleon or a war galleon, something like that. Like one of the, and he's like, no, no, like first off, don't attack your own country, which I was like, no, I'm going after him. And then secondly, you know, I, I bash into their ship with, with my little ship and then I ended up taking it over and he couldn't yeah. believe it. He was like, <laughs> you know, how does the, like, it like blew his mind at the time. And of course I'm like, you know, I don't know, eight, nine years old maybe. And I'm like, oh yeah, of course I'm just going directly at him. And yeah, so that was like, approach. <laughs> yeah. And that was like my, uh, my go-to strategy from then on. But your largest ship typically is what you actually go into battle with at, yeah. at sea. So if you start building out your ships and you collect nothing but large ones, you know, and then you are trying to get like a, a small pirate ship or something like that, you know, for a bounty, then it's hard to catch them half the time. Yeah, you got to be kind of got to be kind of careful. Uh, sometimes you you may just want to sail. You may want to. How do I say this word? Sail, sell. You may just want to sell your bigger ships when you get into town and you want to trade with the merchant and and just kind of have a, a lighter lighter load basically. There's just little little things you learn as you keep playing this game because it's one of those games that you kind of go back to and have different voyages because every time you play it it's unique. Um, so you, you sort of start picking things up as you keep playing, but well, it doesn't, then, yeah. As, as you're saying with the, the selling of ships, like all of the ships have different cargo space on them. Right. And so obviously the large ones have more cargo space. So if you're getting like, you know, your sugar and salt and, you know, like it's, you have like a resource management of how these items get used for the size of your crew. So not only does it dictate how much materials you can hold but how many crew members you can hold and how many guns you have and you know so it's like a it's a resource management game on top of everything else we've discussed yeah i would say the one thing in this game don't expect a lot of story in this game there are little flavor you know bits of flavor text um, that kind of keep you engaged and stuff like reuniting with your your loved ones, but it's not like you're playing Skyrim or something, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not expecting like, Oh, here's a main quest line. I guess if the, if you were to say that there was a main quest line in this game, it's, it's finding all of your long lost family members, right. And sure. reuniting with everybody that, and then finding the lost treasure you know, right. pieces and collecting those along the way as well. That was probably one of my favorite things was, just getting these random pieces and uh you know the the harder the difficulty like they'd only give you like uh the, you could buy it from a bum and he, he'd give you like a fourth 
of a piece of a map and be like, oh, here you go. And you're like, where the heck is this? <laughs> yeah, and it gives you like map, no information. And then if you go and talk to another bum at another town, he's like, oh, hey, I've got another piece of a map to sell you. And it's like, then it's yep. suddenly they tell you where it's nearby. Um, so it's handy. But then, yeah, that's where you got to go march your dudes out onto a piece of land, and then you can search for things. And, uh, you know, hope you hope you come across something. But, um, yeah, there's there's interesting events that can happen. Like if your crew is really angry with you, um, <laughs> you're not getting up into enough battles. Yeah. And they're they're or you're losing or uh, a lot of them are dying or you don't have enough food. Um, then yeah, there will be a mutiny and one of your crew will challenge you for control of the ship. And if you play this game at like swashbuckler difficulty, not only is the sea really choppy and sucks and sends you in the wrong direction half the time, but your crew is mad at you constantly. Yeah. And unless you're finding buried treasure, <laughs> it's just not, you're not going to win them over. Yeah, I, I almost feel like you have to choose the fencing skill on right. that one, just from how often you're fighting. I've, I've never, I've never done well at the highest difficulty. I've tried. It's something yeah, you kind of have to take a little bit slower and be more methodical in what you do. But what I, what I've read before is, if you pick one of these higher difficulties, just like in other games, it's the higher the risk, the higher the reward because. When you go to divide up your plunder, um, you'll get the lion's share. Whereas if you play this game on Apprentice, then <laughs> your crew members... I mean, I guess the smart thing to do would just be kill off most of your crew, right? Oh, oh that, that a, is a strategy. Yeah, yeah. you know, they, they died in a battle uh, or we hit a coral reef or whatever. <laughs> just let some of them die off and then... Suddenly, you've only got to share your your wealth with, you know, like ten people. Now that when I, my basic playstyle strategy would be to just go pure pirate, attack everybody and everything, everywhere yeah. I were to go, collect, you know, all of the what's it, the Spanish? Is it the galleon or the war galleon? Is the largest yeah, ship? Yeah, war galleon. Yeah, so I would have as many of those as I could get, and then just go around and terrorize the sea for as long <laughs> as I could. That was, but that doesn't work on the higher difficulty. Like, no. I mean, I'm sure you, maybe somebody more skilled at the game, but yeah, that style definitely, you know, you have to play it more traditional, like what you were yeah. saying, you know. You have to get a much larger crew to really be able to take the hits that you take because you are just kind of a sponge to these attacks. It's, it's kind of hard to dodge uh, reliably. Because, you know, there's like an up, a middle, a down when you get into a battle as far as like how you can dodge um, and then how you're going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and so you really do want to have enough crew a lot of the time if you're going into to battle because they do kind of act as um, almost how many hit points you have is how many men you have. And then that morale system that kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, and you can get the crew from the towns as well as, you know, after you plunder a ship, you know, you're able to bring on, you know, their crew as well. So you can yeah. kind of like, that's how you balance out, you know, what a, your life is, I guess you would equate them to. Yeah, I, w yeah, I would say that. Uh, I would say another interesting mechanic we didn't touch on was that you can sort of figure out 
Um, where your oh, who dropped out? Uh oh, we lost. Did Justin fall asleep? <laughs> oh well, sorry, Justin. Uh, I was gonna say an interesting mechanic was the fact that uh, whenever you decide to retire. You can quit the game and, and retire to whatever you're doing, or it'll let you actually change the difficulty. So you could bump your difficulty up, you know, you could have your rank still. And then there's a way to where you want to move up to the next difficulty. The game will let you during the game, which is really neat. So yep. It's like, oh, I feel good enough at Apprentice. I'm going to, you know, move up to... Uh, adventure or journeyman or whatever it is. Um, so that was that was cool. And I think pretty much the only thing we didn't cover on the Aaron and Steve podcast. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're, we're still uh, around for comic relief here. Okay, that's what no, I'm, that's I my job is. <laughs> I was gonna My, say like I got yeah. two jobs on this podcast. One, comic relief, which I feel like I'm doing a decent job this episode. And You're two, great. I got to bring you guys back down as you like. You, you'll bring us up, and I got to bring you back down a little bit. So just let, let, let me know when I need to bring it back down a little bit, because uh, okay, sure. I will say one one other thing that you can bring it down on is the 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 sunset mechanic, which I did not understand for the longest time. And talking oh, to yeah. Daniel, it's ridiculous. Um, the sun site, if you play this game without the manual, you're like, okay, what is this? I'm like lowering and raising a bar and there's a sun. Um, basically that t- that tells you your, is it your latitude? I want to say your north to south latitude. Um, and you have to, it's a little mechanic where you raise this, this astrolabe and you raise it up just below the sun. And that tells you if you actually had a map <laughs> where you are uh, longitude wise. And so you could pinpoint your position on the map. And then for latitude, you kind of have to hope that um, you're either skilled at navigation um, or I think there's someone on your ship who can sort of give you an idea of where you're at. Um, or you just know where you're at on the map. Like, to be honest, once you get this game enough, it really won't matter. You'll, you'll kind of know where you are basically, or based yeah. on like the last town you visited that I hardly ever, ever used that mechanic. I, I just kind of avoided it. Yeah. I honestly can't remember a single time where I've used it. Like, I mean, obviously outside of playing around with it and stuff, but, you know, I never had a map, you know, growing up with this game. So it was kind of like, you know, I learned the map before I would have ever figured that out. Yeah. These days you'd have some sort of auto map or something. Oh, for sure. Which is kind of interesting that for as groundbreaking that as this game is that there wasn't a built in map mechanic on it. Yeah, well, I know. This is... I mean, there's already so much packed into the game, but something that just kind of gave you an indication of like where the nearest ports were or, you know, what quadrant you're in, you know, something like that. Some indication. Yeah, that's fair. And what's interesting is uh, not too much of a tangent, but the Commodore 64 version, uh, the, the first version of the game 
someone went back years and years later and they added a built-in map to that game. Really? They fired it up on my Commodore 64 and they were able to put a map into the game so you could access it at any time. So that was crazy. Wow, that is pretty sweet. Yeah. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But you said the gold version has it as well? Pirate's Gold has a built-in map. Uh, I think, yeah, Pirate's Gold has a built-in map when I played on the Sega Genesis, and then it's also on, you know, DOS and Windows. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a newer version out. Yeah, there was a, a remake. There was a remake that came out. Was on the Wii. It was on the Xbox. It was on PC. Two thousand four. And yeah, two thousand four. Uh, and it plays a lot like the original, just with some updated mechanics and like a little DDR style mini game. And you're trying to woo the ladies. It was like a dancing, dancing mini game. But it's mostly like pirates but maybe maybe a little easier to jump into for someone like michael so if you ever get a chance try that say, one out. <laughs> i'm trying to say I that i like strategy simulation games, games i strategy like simulation games. games i don't like them on the nes i feel like this Ooh, game did an admirable job of recreating a pc like game on the nes i feel like it did a good job but the fact that I have a PC or something handy that I can play a game like this on, I'm not going to waste my time on my NES playing. I now understand as a kid, sure. if I needed something like that, then totally. I would be, if I if I felt like as a kid I wanted to play a simulation game and all I had was my NES, uh, that's, a, that's a scenario that I can understand a whole lot of people being in. But this day and age, I'm trying to play this game again at, you know, 30-something years old. I have a computer. I can play games like this or even this game on a computer now. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. No, I it's, get that. It's not that I, I don't, that. it's not that I really dislike the game. Uh, it's that I don't sure. think I want to invest the time. It's at least definitely not in the NES version of this game to, to play it. But I do, well, I, I do kind of agree. I do kind of agree with you guys. I think the NES surprisingly, as it may be, may be the best like port of the A bits, yeah. The A bits, for sure, and even better than the Genesis, yeah, for sure, because the Genesis one hundred percent better. Yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Genesis version, right? Uh, the Genesis version. What that has over this one is the mini map and being able to look at all the the towns on the map um, and see what's up with them. In this game, you can see, you can look up different information about different cities. Um, but yeah, that one did make it slightly easier in that regard. Yeah. I think that the, the argument is easy to make. It comes down to if you were Michael, you know, back with his original NES and you had this game and you had the time, keyword being time, yeah. to sit down and play and dedicate to it, I think you'd be in love with it just as much as we are. But as adults, I can tell you that I can't be a completionist on games anymore. I can't go through and explore every nook and cranny and do, you know, the style of gameplay that I would when I was a kid because I simply don't have the time. And I also have way more games as opposed to one game that I just play over and over and over and beat it into the ground. So if I were as an adult, Steve, playing this exact game, say for this podcast, I probably would have been very underwhelmed as well. And, and I completely get that. 
you know, it takes a while to understand all the mechanics, understand all the functions. And I probably still don't understand half of this game as much as I do, you know, but I'm sure there's tons of intricacies that, you know, have gone way over my head or just, uh, you know, yeah, out of sight in, for me. Invisible mechanics and things like yeah. that, which, yeah. you know, was par for the course back then because it couldn't necessarily show you on the screen because they should, you know, there, there were a lot of things that, you know, because it was eight bit systems just kind of had to be invisible. Yeah, it's almost like that along the way. It's like that Nintendo hard quote, you know, or like <laughs> that old that retro gaming difficulty where it doesn't hold your hand. You know, you're not getting right. prompt with, oh, well, you should probably head this direction and try talking to these people. And then maybe, you know, like it, you know, just gives you like a little markers, a little pointer on the C that tells you where to go. Like you didn't have any of that. It was just go explore and see what you get it into. Yeah, see what kind of mess you get into and yeah. then hope you cobble together some semblance of a a little fleet. And, yep. and you'll probably tank your first few games or your first dozen games, you know, yeah. and like you and you learn new things like, oh, probably shouldn't do that again. All right. Well, I just ruined this game, you know, depending on how far your save back was or whatever. I can tell you, like at that time, I was not like save scum guy at all. It was like yeah. I almost tried to play it like real simulation. Like, yeah, yeah, these are my guys. These are, you know, if I made a mistake, like I'm stuck with it. I got to keep, you know, moving. And a lot it's of like it, Oregon Trail, you know, it was like, yeah. okay, I'm stuck for the journey here. Sorry yeah. if you got dysentery. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Got to ford the river. That's right. Ford in the Caribbean. Uh, I was going to ask you, Steve, I was going to ask him one more question, which was, um, did you ever play any games that were like this that weren't pirates? Did you ever play anything like Starflight or any of these? I guess what they call them are like 4X games now where it's like uh, where you get to go explore. There's a lot more space style ones like this. Yeah, I didn't play anything like that. I can tell you another game that I had a similar experience with which was the original Pokemon games, like Pokemon okay. Red and Blue. So I had read my brother at Blue. And with that, you know, just like sailing in the open seas, like kind of walking in the tall grass, right? You get your random encounters there. Right. You got some resource management. You have, you know, your, your towns and your areas. I know it's not exactly the same, and it's definitely an easier game than Pirates is. But I'd say that's probably the closest thing to that era you know, of that open feel uh, yeah. and being able to do things the way you want to. I, I get that. And you get yep. to collect the monsters and, and it's different each time because, you know, you might catch different monsters. Totally. Yep. And you don't know even if you are going to catch it. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like, you know, you find a ship. <laughs> are you going to be able to catch up to it, destroy it, run into it? Like how, you know, you just, you just don't know. There was no master balls in this game. Right. <laughs> that's what i needed i needed a master ball yep you did or just a, a maybe a motor in my ship would be nice you know, for as much as uh as much as michael complained about pirates um it's still much more fun to play than silent service at least the nes version yeah, you try playing the nes version and i'm just like you you need the manual because otherwise you're going to be so lost so I will, right. I will give this game more props. I do want to know before we wrap it up, I do want to know what you guys thought about the graphics. First of all, I thought well, I they were say, okay. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I'd say they were okay. Uh, I, I, you know, you're not getting these big, beautiful late NES gen graphics out of it. It's obviously even, coming from the Commodore. Yeah, even for Rare, you know, Rare yeah. punched it up even more. Um, but I mean, think think about how much is in this game, though. You know, yeah. you have this huge open world map. You have all these eras, all these skills, all these little intricacies. Like it. Like, I completely understand why the graphics aren't better on this. Ten save slots. I'm like, how many NES games let you <laughs> save in ten different spaces? Yeah. You, know, you saved that, but I, you say that, but I was, I was actually curious. So I looked up the size of the, of the game, you know, like file mm-hmm. size-wise. Yeah. Because yeah, I was expecting it to be pretty big. It's only like 270 kilobytes or something like that so it means it's about a quarter i mean that's still bigger than uh we'll compare that to look at like the original super mario brothers oh sure i mean it, um, i'm not saying it's not a large game it is a large game but i'm but saying yeah like, it's not like kirby's adventure yeah, where like a, that was the only game that was like two make like a megabyte game yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like a quarter of kirby's adventure so i'm thinking you know right. a lot of a lot of the size of a game has to do with the music and the graphics right so that kind of tells you why probably this game is not a very big game file size wise because they didn't really they probably spent a lot of their resources on making all the other aspects of the game work. Well, how yeah, the, how big is Final Fantasy? Because Final Fantasy had like the open world map type thing. Yeah, and it had like a slide, a hidden sliding puzzle game, and it had a world map that you could view, and it had like yeah. sure stuff. It up if it's available. Yeah, because I mean, I I don't think Final Fantasy's graphics are. Like outstanding, you know. No, that it's I mean, that, they're kind of better flat. Got, yeah, I would say that the, the battle when you got to the battles, like the enemy designs were cool. Yeah, the, the, um, the original overall, Final Fantasy is 144, yeah. so okay. it's it's like a about 100 less than this game, and only one okay. save file, which ticked me off to no end because I had older brothers and you tried to play Final Fantasy one. And your older brother's like, nope, can't play it because I've got my save file. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this game, it's like you had 10 save files. It was great. I do think, yeah. I think that the Final Fantasy graphics are better than this game, though. They're just, they're oh, just I, would, I would agree with you. They're sure. more sparse. Um, but this, this one gets the job done, but it, it is, it is definitely one of those things where I, I think. Like, especially I love the intro image that pops up when you start the game. I think the Pirates logo looks fantastic. I think the little sunset looks really cool. Um, sure. And the, the, the ships and everything. Um, so I commend that. But most of the games, like Stephen was saying, um, most of this game is like lifted straight from the Commodore, except for when you get into battles. I do find it a lot more fluid than the uh, other versions of Pirates I've played. Like, they... It almost seems like they worked a little more on that battle mechanic to make sure it wasn't choppy. Yeah, the graphics yeah. Uh, a means to an end for the most part. Right. Like. Yeah, it, w- it was definitely not like sure. Rare's I mean, I think that battle title. mechanic was my favorite part of the whole game, though. Yeah, I'd agree with you. They 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 somehow made it pretty pretty fluid, pretty solid for for NES. Yeah, and that's why I love being um, just a, a renegade pirate because I would just attack <laughs> everything. It's like that was just. You know, I would I would be completely full on crew on resources, just attack a ship because it was there, <laughs> and then like just you know you sink the ship. I don't need it and just move on. Like yeah. it was, yeah. 
Yeah, that was super solid. It's kind of funny because nowadays I play games as like the good guy. I'm typically like, you know, I take like the high road for games and like, you know, when you have the choices for if you're going to be a good guy or a bad guy. But back then I was just, you were I was a, a little, uh, yeah, I was a jerk. That's the, I was this, looking for a word. This game's would called be Pirates, right? I mean, come on. It's called Pirates. Yep. You can't just. It's you can't. not called Sea Traders. Right. Yeah. It's not called. Exactly. What yeah. about the uh, no, what about fair. the music um, and the sound? The music, um, I could tell it was David Wise. Uh, you know, it was his style. Yeah. So he's the he was the in-house composer for Rare Games at the time. Um, so I thought that yeah. was cool. I think that the the theme song to the game is just like so iconic. At least it is, it is in my head. You know, it's like. Man, you you just got to hear a half a second of that. It's like almost like Super Mario Brothers theme song. It's triumphant. It's triumphant, especially because you'll hear that tune again later on in the game when something good happens. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And then what I find interesting, too, is this game uses music as kind of a punctuation effect. And yeah. I, I kind of like that in a way, you know, when you're selling on the high seas, there are other versions of the game. They'll have music like the later ones, but it's kind of interesting just hearing the, the white noise and the sound yeah. of the sea. And there's then no down, music while sailing. Yeah. Right. And then it's interrupted. Um, and then when you actually charge a ship, you'll, you'll get another jingle if you win or if you lose. So I, I like these little jingles. And then what's interesting too, is that, um, some of the jingles that David Wise used that weren't original music were quotes from uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, I believe it was. Huh. Yeah, there's some, some cool snippets of classical music thrown in here. And the way I found that out was I was at someone's graduation years ago and I heard something. I'm like, hey, this is from Pirates. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is this is Bach. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I overall, do, I th- music's solid. I, th- I think uh, I, I like the music okay. The songs themselves are kind of, mm, take them or leave them for me. Uh, but I agree. I like the way they use the music in the game. Like, I I agree. I don't, I like the fact that it's kind of like calming on the sea, open seas. Uh, the only thing it's missing is a little Christopher Cross. You know, if I would have had that during the sailing segments, that would have been a little bit better maybe. But, in lieu of not being able to license that song, I guess in silence and just the sound of the waves is probably pretty good. That's fair. Yeah. Well, maybe someone can hack in some Chris crisscross. Well, no, I think don't hack in crisscross, please no. With the, jump. I mean, the thing is, with the lack of the music, and you know, like you, you can hear the sea, and you can kind of hear the seagulls. Like that, just. That's like classic kid imagination. Like I, yeah. just, I can just remember feeling like, man, I'm really sailing right now. Like it's, you know, the lack of graphics or even in this case, lack of music during the sailing is like almost works better where you're almost put yourself into these situations. And the, but then you get like these beautiful static screens of like, you know, a harbor or, you know, a slightly ship. animated. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. It's yeah. Like you'll see a little flag waving and you've got your lookout and you see something off in the distance. Yeah. And those screens are like really detailed and really good, you know, for the NES. 
Yeah, I, I love like the the ship being on fire, and you see someone just coming out of the fire engulfed in flames, <laughs> and just looks really cool for the NES. Yeah, definitely. I think, right. I think that that lends the uh, imagination. But all right, I think we uh, we're going to wrap. We're going to start wrapping up here. Um, uh, I think we need to talk about the price and how much does it go ooh. for and if it's worth it or not. Uh, and for it's Justin is normally price. Justin normally yeah. leads this segment, but since he's not here, uh, he said his, he texted me and said his internet is gone. Like it just dropped and he's not going to he may or may not make it back. Uh-huh. Um, it depends on whether his internet comes back. As we know earlier in the episode, it was, we, he was fighting it, uh, and I said I was going to edit, and we'll see if I actually do independent. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> So you may not have known that his internet was on the fritz earlier in the episode, or maybe you did. Either way, um, so the loose price on pricecharting.com is about $22. That's about a steal. That. Yeah. That's a steal. Um. I guess I what's will the, say... Uh, what's, the, what's the whole price, if you don't mind me asking? $88. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big Ooh, jump. I almost feel like without without the internet, though, you'd almost need it in today's day and age. You know, just needing the manual, needing the map. But with the internet, the loose price is excellent. Yeah, that's fair. It's just like you could get a copy of Star Tropics pretty cheap now and have it be loose and still know what you're doing as long as you had the internet and knew yeah. what code to enter. Yeah. yeah. Now, so I guess uh, I think, uh, I, I agree that it's probably a fair price. Um, just for the amount of game you get. I don't know that it's, a, I don't know that it's a game that I would rush to get myself. I think it's a good game. Sure. I think it's a fair price. I think it's going to depend on, the style of game that you like and if you're and if you can play that on an nes so like if you're if you yeah. love simulation games and um you really want to play one of the best ports of this game uh, then i think by all means you, you give it a shot and 22 dollars is totally a fair price if you think the idea of playing a simulation game on the nes is a bit mind-numbing which it was for me then I would say probably don't. I would I would steer clear of it at twenty two dollars. Now if it was cheaper, if it was cheaper, if it was like five or six bucks, then I'd say either way, no brainer, get it. But or even ten dollars maybe. But now if we're just getting fifteen twenty dollars, then you know you kind of have to really because there's a lot of good games at that price range yeah. or slightly. So it's kind of like it really is. Is it is it a genre that you really enjoy? And could you see yourself playing it with an NES controller? If so, I'm fully. Well, yeah, I'm fully willing to admit that nostalgia has this game on a pedestal for me. Like I, I'm not blind. I can see the graphics. You know, I can hear the music and the the lack of direction. You know, without the manual or the map. But that's a, that's a lot of NES games, though. Yeah. You know, that's not just yeah. yeah. That's not just you in this one. It's it's everybody well, in every imagine. game that they played when they were kids. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine giving this to like a let's say eight to ten year old today, and they would be instantly bored with it, want nothing to do with it. You know, they'd be like, "Like, where's my? Uh, where they play Fortnite or whatever? Yeah, you know, Minecraft. 
And watch their ticky so, tacks on, you know, yeah, <laughs> or whatever it yeah, is. So Aaron I can was see, talking about. I can it see this game. Kid. It depends on the kid, I think. Yeah, um, this is not like an immortal game like a Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. Well, like Aaron said, it depends on the kid. You may get like a really weird kid that, like Aaron, that probably want to play it. Just kidding. Yeah, like me or Aaron. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. Right. No, you know I mean. can imagine if you gave this to. Uh, an eight-year-old Michael living in this day and age, he'd be probably pretty angry, which reminds me of a joke. How do you turn a pirate furious? Mm. You take away the pee. (laughs) 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 There you go. Yeah, that's a a bad joke. That's a dad joke. Mm, True, true. Do you know uh, how to tell if a joke's a dad joke or not? How do you do that? It's apparent. Oh. oh, and he's got the rim shot. Nice. I gave it to you. I couldn't bear to give it to myself. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right. So let's go now. Let's go move on. Let's give this game uh, some trophies. Rated R. You know what this game needs? Some retrofitted trophies. All right. Did you guys come up with any? We've got a few on our Facebook group. I uh, actually had several on a text file, and I'm looking for the file, and I cannot find it. Okay. So well, bear with me I while will, you guys I do your start, thing. and uh, I will also uh, call upon the Facebook to for us here. Uh, I, my first one is a bad guy who likes to loot and plunder. And no, I don't mean mm. Captain Planet. Uh, this is... Loot something from every nationality, and you get bad nice. guys who like to loot and uh-huh. plunder. Um, nice. I've got one which is frontal lobotomy or bottle in front of me, which is go into the tavern one too many times and wind up in a drunken stupor only to wake up months later in jail or be stuck in jail basically. <laughs> There you go. All right. I got one uh, from Facebook from Nick DeMarco. Uh, it's called a Hickman fave playing pirates Uh-oh. as, as Aaron Hickman tells you how much he loves it and all the fun facts about each version. <laughs> so I think I got that trophy. Just saying. Nice. He did know that. This is too true. Um, I had another one which had to do with, um, Oh, it had to do with crashing into a coral reef. Um, but now I can't remember why you would actually want to crash into a coral reef unless you were just stupid. How about be the, the, for retirement? Can we call it? <laughs> can we call that trophy pulling a coral? Yes. <laughs> Does that coral. Do I think I, I think I deserve this one for that. You deserve that one, pulling a coral. Thank you, thank you. Uh, all right. All right, that's what we'll call. It. All right, I've got another one called. Uh, Sunsight or staring at the sun, and that is try to use the sunsight because you might as well just stare at the sun while you're driving your ship around. Nice. I uh, I can't find my list, but I'm thinking of one off my top of my head, which would just be a uh, family finder, which is just to find your lost family. Be a reasonable achievement. Okay. Um, I would think the um, another one would be. The mighty 1%, which is retire 
to become a rich banker. Ah. <laughs> uh. I was thinking fake pirate, which would be to retire, retire as the king's advisor, which is the highest rank of which I've never done. I have never done that either. Um, I've gotten pretty decent, but it was never, never that high. And you just have to get loads of cash and have the highest rank, basically. Yeah. Which kind of makes me wonder. That would take some of the fun out, but just like take take Game Genie to this game and, and see uh, <laughs> see what happens. Are there Game Genie codes for this? There has to be. There has to be. I'd be fascinated if you could change, like, the wind speed and make it completely crazy or just start yourself up with an insane amount of money. Hmm. I bet you could do the money thing, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would do that in uh, other simulation games like SimCity. Like, oh, yeah, I would love to start with all the money. Yeah, that's just a fun god mode or something, you know, that you can play for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got another oh, one from oh. Facebook. You are a pirate. Okay. And that is turn on the game and play it. That one's from Gabe Van Gilder. Nice. Oh, very nice. I'm thinking one could be called Nukem. And that would be gain the rank of Duke for her, uh, from one of your countries. Nice. That's, a good that's, one. A, that's, that's one a thing game. I don't even think we we mentioned. There's a bunch of uh, titles you can get all the way from starting at Ensign all the way up to Duke. Um, another one I thought of was uh, Let It All Burn, which is to go um, raid a ship and then just sink it and kill all the all the members on board that want to join your crew and just be like, nope, nope. <laughs> Just also known, also known as Stephen Michael's playstyle. Yeah. Oh, there's a pirate that wants to give you information. Nope, just, just <laughs> shoot him. We got a uh, got another one from Gabe Van Gilder. It's uh, Blackbeard, and that is win 100 duels. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Hey, could you, you win 100 O duels? Like with that? Yeah, I guess you could. Nothing would happen, right? I don't know if you drink a hundred, yeah. something might happen. That's an awful lot. Something right, yeah. would happen, right? I did. Uh, use a restroom. I got a question for you. What uh, what system does Blackbeard play this game on? He Ooh. plays it on his BlackBerry. Oh, which actually has a copy of this game. There is a game. There was a version of That's this game out cool. that came out on BlackBerry. Um, I, I interrupt this important segment to let you know that. There are some secrets to this game that I didn't know about. Okay. Uh-oh. Would, would you be curious we'll do it. to know? Do it after this. Yeah, let's do it after this, and I'll tell you some of those delightful Ooh, secrets. That means that people have to huh. they have to hang on if they're not already gone, which they probably are. Mm-hmm. Hey. If I know our listeners. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's not a knock on you guys. It's just that most people leave about 10 minutes in. All right. Uh, we got another one from Facebook. Oh, Peter, you would you would do this on on the day that Justin dropped off, wouldn't you? Uh, Peter Olenich <laughs> has has one called the Olenich Trophy, and to get that, you have to say my last name correctly once per duel on Spanish Renegade setting. Ooh, and I I'm sure I butchered your last name. That's normally Justin's job, so I apologize that his internet crept out. All right, I've got one more trophy. Zero. Uh, a two if by C. 
and that is retire with two ships. Nice. Okay. And only two ships. Uh, yeah. I, I, I buy that. I think that's yeah. great. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if I had any other ones. I think that's good. Why don't you give oh. us your secrets? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm dying here to know the, the secrets. secrets. Me too. Okay, so here we go. These are wait, wait, some wait, 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 codes. Wait, 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 wait. <gasps> Ooh. Okay, All right. go ahead. I like it. Okay. All right. So this starts out simple. You can reset the Hall of Fame, basically the high score table, by pressing right B and select simultaneously at the Hall of Fame. Now, don't go doing it accidentally because you might not want to do that. <laughs> but you can reset all of the saved games at the first of the copyright screens. Press and hold A. B, right, and select briefly. And again, don't do that to your older brother's game and his uh, saved copy, because I did that once and erased uh, his entire PlayStation 1 memory card. He was not very happy with me. I don't think I like I don't think I like these secrets very much, Aaron. These are not very... Uh, (laughs) It gets better. Okay. Uh, It says glitches. You can keep the crew happy for a long time. It says at the age of 40, which is when life ends, as we know it, according to this game, at the age of 40, use the search command to make time go faster. The game will glitch and your crew will always be happy no matter how many men sign up. After a few years, though, the effects of this glitch will wear off. So that's that's really interesting because, yeah, it's hard to keep crew happy. It's like the more people you add, the harder it is. Um, Okay, said secret. Suspend time. So you can totally be like the Prince of Persia. Um, Access the status screen every six to ten seconds while on the sea to suspend time indefinitely. Which means in this game normally, since it's a simulation game, time will pass while you're out on sea and months will pass. Um, So if you pause the game enough, apparently then you will not age and the time will not pass. And so what that also means is that if you know the Spanish, you know, like the, what is it? The Spanish, the treasure fleet or the, the oh, silver yeah. train or somewhere, you could totally cheese the game and make it so time does not pass at all by pausing the game enough. So that's wow. pretty interesting. That would actually be a good one. Yeah. Pretty cool. Nice. All right. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Let's go to rating. No game is worthy until the dudes have spoken. It's time for the game rating. Okay. So how do you guys want to rate this? Oh, I think you know how we want to rate it. I don't know if you guys <laughs> want to rate it. It's it's A plus top five yeah. uh, grade A Obviously, prime rib. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fine. Well we will rate it as a type of steak, if that's the way you want to do it, Aaron. <laughs> that's what um, I want to do. You, I, was, steak. I was about to say you obviously don't listen oh, to the boy. show very often, which is fine. I understand. <laughs> No, I just haven't listened to it in a while. And then I realized Genesis Gems has a somewhat similar format to Tugents and an S. And so I just start going off. Yeah. Well, we're totally different. Okay. So Mm -hmm. we're so different. 
Yeah, I mean, if if there's any if there's any similarities, it's because you guys stole ideas from us, which is fine. You know, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna. You're, if this, we are on a pirates episode, so it's fine if you want to steal from That's us. Fair. Um, but as you know, Aaron, because you listen to all episodes of Two Dudes in an S, uh, we don't rate on an a, a plus or a number scale. We rate on a scale of type of something. And but you yes. said you said prime rib or whatever, so you know we'll go, we'll go with we'll go with steak. Yeah. So, all right. So you're gonna go with grade A plus prime rib. I have the feeling you're gonna go with something like skirt <laughs> steak, or you know something that's like a really tough. Like, I don't know. Like, really you hard to chew. You don't know me. Just hang, hang tight. I'm gonna go yeah. last. <laughs> yeah, I go. I go with the prime rib. Uh, maybe, maybe with the. I don't know. Just the the perfect uh, perfect sauce on it. Okay, right. Steven, what do you think? So, you want mine? I'm gonna go with a wagyu tomahawk steak. Ooh. So it is a little on the pricey side. But it is delicious if you can get into it and if you can even find it. There you go. And plus, it kind of looks like a like a hatchet, which I guess is why it would be called a Wigu Tomahawk. So, uh, and it's kind of savage like this game. Whew. Mm. Okay. Take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was. <laughs> Aaron, uh, just because you said it, I'm not going to go Scourge Take. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with flank steak. He's gonna go with Salisbury. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, he's gonna no. go with like. He's gonna be Chop like, steak. oh, let's go back to that that steak that they gave us in school. Like, <laughs> this is the lowest of the low steak. I wouldn't. I would not dare go Salisbury steak. That's too soft. This steak has to be yes. tough. That's uh, right. But it's. Uh, I mean, it's tasty. I mean, you may chew on it for years and years and years, but <laughs> if it's seasoned, it seems to be seasoned right. So it's, you know, that's pretty tasty. So I'm gonna go with the flank steak. I, I, I can. I like a flank steak, especially when it's cut nice and thin, uh, which this is not. This is a very thick flank steak. Yeah, but fair enough. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's. It can be tasty. Uh, it just may take you a long time to chew it. And your jaws will hurt after playing this game. Maybe you just need uh, stronger jaws. Maybe you just need to shut up. All right. <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to feedback. It's yeah. time for All D-Patter right. feedback, because when you're a D-Patter, you're a D-Patter for life. All right. So on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash bitbrothers. Uh, we have some feedback from our listeners. Uh, first feedback comes from Stephen Michael. Who's that? Uh, what a weirdo. He says, this is one of my childhood favorites. I used to love the open world aspects as it was the first of its kind for me. This game is a diamond. I think that's a diamond. Diamond in the rough. Yeah. I mean, it could be a something else, but it's, it's totally a diamond. I- it's probably not a gem, though. I wouldn't, no, wouldn't imagine. No, it's a sapphire. No, yeah. And Fair I, no, I'm still, I'm still following the GME Reddit threads. So that's a diamond <laughs> symbol. That's a diamond emoji. Okay. Mm-hmm. Diamond got to have those diamond hands. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Greg Polander says a very good port of the classic computer game came with a thick manual and a map as well, which are both very handy to play. For being a computer port, though, it plays very well on the NES 
controller compared to other ports such as Silent Service. Pirate's Gold on the PC and Genesis is even better, but the original game is still a blast. Okay. Gabe right. Van Gilder says, if you don't give this a good review, we will make you walk the plank. <laughs> That's funny. Go Bucks. <laughs> uh, and then Gabe follows up with, we know the two dudes are rooting for the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Reviewing Pirates seems a tad suspicious to me. Well, guess what, Gabe? It's months after the Super Bowl now, and we, we're just now <laughs> releasing the episode, so you're wrong. <laughs> we can yep. pretend like it's coming out before the Super Bowl, and then you could predict who's going to win and blow uh, everyone's mind. Yeah, we, were, we totally just, uh, recorded this before the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> to give like a, some context with this, uh, my group, Retro Gaming Monthly, did this back in December of 2020. It's now April of 2021. And did we start talking about doing it way back then yeah, or was this I like shortly uh, thereafter we started uh, talking about who was going to we were going to do it but it wasn't necessarily going to be timed with your with your group it was okay yeah it, we were going to do remember, it, right? it was like uh, yeah i remember gotcha. with your group just thinking that this game would come up a lot i'm like ah oh, i want i want this game to be the game of the month already because like all these other games yeah. that I liked would get picked, but then I was just like, I really wanted this one. Yeah, I thought it was a good way to end the year. Speaking Absolutely. of, uh, it's a good time for you to plug your group if you'd like, Stephen. Oh, sure. Appreciate it. Uh, I run a little gaming group on Facebook called Retro Gaming Monthly. You can do a search on Facebook or you can actually go to RetroGamingMonthly.com and it'll just forward you to the Facebook page. Uh, that being said, it's like a book club where it's like a retro video game of the month. I put up a poll every month and we, as a group, vote for what we're going to play the next month. And sometimes it's obscure. Sometimes it's kind of mainstream. But it's a fun community-based, community-driven game of the month club. That's that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. So I know. Group. Uh, I need to, I'm actually just now, yeah. I'm going to go rejoin it. With my new profile, because I forgot. Oh, yeah, with your new profile. Yeah. Yeah, so Michael, Justin, and Aaron are members. Well, Michael will be again here shortly. But, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, you know. And then I get feedback from, you know, group members saying what they want to play. So for this month, it's April 2021. We're actually playing Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. And uh, the poll for next month's game is actually coming up on monday the 12th so depending on how, when this comes out at any rate that will be the determination it'll be up for about a week and then that'll determine what we're going to play for may nice yeah. so yeah that's, it's a, that's good, a short it's a summary super super crybaby express 2 first yeah, the Mario. Oh man, it's it's tough. I love that it's game, so but tough. you know, if they would just change that that sample, the mute it's like, button, especially is as a dad, like you know, as a dad, and then having small <laughs> children, it's like before that, I didn't care. When I was a kid and I played that game, I was like, oh, I love it. This game's great. But then as a dad, it's just like it's. I don't know. It's PTSD. It's something about hearing like a, a little baby keep crying. You're like, ah. Help. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that can be tough. Yeah, so, so I yeah. would recommend going and checking out his group. His group has yeah. way more members than our group, so you know it's got to be good. <laughs> of course, we yeah, did a little bit. Of, we did a little bit of a reboot back back in the day. We uh, did. Not too yeah, long ago, you guys kind of restarted. 
Yeah, we uh, I think we're up mid 400 members right now, and the group's been around. We started in 2019. No, we actually started in 2018. We started with Strider on the NES, which uh, we covered on this podcast. Yep. So, yeah, to give a sample of some games, like, uh, you know, just from what we've done uh, this month, you know, we started out with, uh, well, Pirates was December, and then Donkey Kong Country 2 for the SNES in January. We did Castlevania Symphony of the Night in February. Then we wrapped up uh, River City Ransom on the NES for March. So now we got Super Mario World 2 for April, and who knows what May will be. But if uh, you enjoy retro games, which I'm sure you do because you're listening to this, look us up and come be part of the community. Sweet. Uh, so we got more, we got a little bit more feedback. I got a voicemail, but as long as we're doing shout outs, Aaron, I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, are you left handed? I am left handed. I did I not know. left handed. I was playing a left-handed guitar that I got from a special shop that specializes in left-handed guitars. Yeah, I did not know this, but you you had uh, you guys just played a show at uh, Super Bit Fest, right? Yeah, Uh, and I was watching a little bit of it last. Was it last night? I think it was last night. Yeah, yeah, I was watching a bit of it, and I was watching. I was like, either the camera has like a has done like a mirroring thing, or Aaron is left-handed. So I was like, yeah. Well, you know, if if you had actually gone to Lexington Comic Con in Kentucky with us, you would have known this. Mm. Ah. Uh, that was a hard time. I don't remember what happened, but I hate that I didn't <laughs> no, make it. I don't remember what happened. I just know you couldn't make it. We were sad. That was that was the retro junkies meetup that we did at the time. But that, um, the, the, your, but yeah. your show, your show was cool. Cause I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, a lot, most, I didn't watch all of it, but most of what I saw, you, uh, you know, you had your drummer there and you were just jamming out on the guitar and he was just drumming away yeah. and you had, I guess you, you had other stuff that you could play that you, I guess you guys had probably put together, but you just go over and hit your keyboard and get it going. And then you could come back and just, just rock out. Yeah. So I, I, you know, wrote all these songs originally, um, you know, they, they were chip tunes, so they would play on the NES or the Sega Genesis or what have you. Um, but then in the full band part, it was like, okay, I'm going to take out the drums. And then my buddy here, Ryan is going to play drums on everything. And then I would add guitar parts and then I would add, yeah, keep keyboard parts where I could do like little keyboard solo type stuff and then kind of, Let's move back and forth. Yeah. Uh, now I don't. I don't mean this to be a, a knock on your guitar skills. I mean this more as a compliment on your keyboard skills. But you are an awesome uh, keyboard player. I'm, I'm oh, thank you. No, I, I don't mind. I don't mind a knock on my guitar skills. I I've definitely been playing uh, piano my whole life, whereas guitar is a more recent hobby. So I, I definitely don't take it as a knock. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so working it was on it. Very, very cool. Um, and if you want to shout out, I know you're not allowed to shout out Genesis Gems, but if you want to shout out your, your music and stuff, feel free. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's fine. So yeah, I, I am a musician, artist, composer, uh, and I make music under the name Daya. Uh, so you can find my stuff on Bandcamp, which is dyamusic.bandcamp.com. Um, I've made music for this podcast <laughs> before. <laughs> can you even is, find that song somewhere? This is true. Um, and yeah, I have some albums and stuff. And then, yeah, I am on the Genesis Gems podcast. 
which I know is blasphemy. Um, but I am there, and yeah, uh, you may or may not know my co-host. He's also on the Bit Brothers Network, Nick Stevens. Cool dude. Uh, we, we got a voicemail. Uh, games. We, we got a we got a voicemail from him, so they'll get to hear. Oh no way! Oh okay. sweet. Yeah. So if you want to hear another game by game podcast focused on Sega Genesis games, that is what we do. So there you go. And uh, Aaron, yeah, nice. for some reason, we allow, we let him and Nick be on this Bit Brothers uh, network with us. I don't know why, but know. It, you know, it's probably because Aaron wrote <laughs> us this sweet tune that you'll get to hear right now. Oh uh, yeah. Skip a little bit ahead because normally you don't get to hear the cool part. Oh, yeah. don't play that much of it actually i didn't and i didn't even get to the cool the part with the hey justin what's up man which is what the whole song's oh, about yeah. it is it's about you guys and i pretty much took your your tag there of hey justin what's up man and i i put it in the song yeah it's very it's a very cool song we actually that's it was right, that's the first time that i heard the ending of that that was a well that was an april fool's joke from many years ago actually that was the entire yeah. episode we just aaron aaron made that song and we just made that the episode for april fool's <laughs> but anyways so it's very cool all right let's do our voicemails and then we'll get out of here first right. voicemail we'll go ahead, we'll do we'll start off with nick nick he called in uh, let's see what he had to say about the game this is probably gonna be like one of the most infamous sound bites you'll ever have from nick stevens but uh this is probably one of my favorite games of all time like probably top <laughs> wow. 10 okay oh top 10 I'm I'm getting outvoted wow. here. Wow! I I Man. needed Justin yeah. on because I know Justin was not a big fan of this game either. So, but without him here, I'm it's three to one. If if Nick's gonna put it in his top ten, uh, you know. Dang! All right, we got another yeah, one. We got another sweet. voicemail. We got one from Jay Z. Arg! This be Captain Nintendo. I kidnapped Jay Z and yes, and all of his video games. I got a sweet plunder of NES games. I'm taking them with me. And I got the crowning jewel, Pirates on the NES. It's a simulation that makes you real feel like a pirate. I would know I'm the most fearsome pirate there is. Yes, that's, uh, it, you sail the open seas and plunder ships. Music is fantastic. Attacking towns and sword fighting and getting the ladies, all the great pirate stuff. But anyway, I gotta get out of here, because I just stole this guy's game, and he's coming back. I see him. What the heck? This guy just stole my Nintendo game. What? 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 <laughs> okay. Oh, poor guy. That was not Jay-Z, yes. That was Captain Nintendo, apparently. Um, I'll, I'll, give that, uh, I'll give that voicemail call a rating of Flea Mignon. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. quite the wagon, but... Uh, 
wasn't a wagyu, but it was good. It was very good. That was good. That was juicy. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can find us on social media at Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash bitbrothers. You can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash bitbros. Of course, doing this will also, you'll also accidentally get caught up in a little Genesis Gym stuff. Don't mind all that, but you can, you can go check it out. You can also leave us a voicemail like Nick and Jay-Z did by dialing in at 775-7-RETRO-1. Uh, that's if you want to use your the alphanumerics on your phone. If you just want to use numbers only, you can call 775-773-8761. Uh, yeah. So we also have a website. I think it's bitbrosnetwork.com. Aaron, help me out. Is that it? Yeah. So it's, um, I think it's, mm, this, this website just went up, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, very recently. Let me try and access it. It is bitbrosnetwork.com. Okay, good. Cause the other one I went to was not family friend. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, it just didn't bring up anything. Uh, what was it? Genesis yeah, Gems? So I'm, I'm trying to Genesis Gems still works. Um, okay. So when you, you go to bitbrosnetwork.com, perfect. Yes, it does take you to our website now. Yeah. All right. Good. It's awesome. So there you can go there too. And that will let you, that links you to things. There's also a picture of. For some reason, Jess and I are both obsessed with chickens, apparently, and didn't realize. But if you go, you can check out some stats about us, check out the host, and you'll see a picture, a picture of Justin holding a chicken. You'll see a picture of me wearing a chicken shirt. So Jess and I are, we just love chickens. Uh, so go to the website. Uh, and I'm very least. happy, and and Nick is very angry. Like, he's, it almost looks like he's on the toilet. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aaron is, Aaron looks like he just got a new job. Yeah, you know, maybe just got married. Just oh yeah, I did just happy. get married. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, <laughs> that's why I snuck that in there. Congratulations, nice. by the way. And uh, Nick he totally looks like he's just taking a poop. He's pulling a Carl. So he is pulling a Carl. Pulling oh, a Carl. Right. And he's got the he's got one of them softball looking microphones. It's interesting. What I'm saying is that's a. Uh, yeah. What I'm saying is, folks, you need to go check out BitBrosNetwork.com. Yeah. And shout out to the Wee Dude, uh, Nico's 8-Bit Stereo on YouTube. It's great. And it's it's just the easiest way to go listen to any, NES, all the NES tunes, really. You can put it on the background while you're vacuuming the house or something. I don't know. Uh, you can go to... You can also check out uh, the Fox Dude. Thank him for our awesome Two Dudes logo. And shout out to Namo Gamo and Dave for our awesome Bit Brothers logo too. You should go play basketball classics if you haven't. It's good. <laughs> yep. All right. I think I've said more than enough. And I know you guys are tired of talking because you whew, carried this show. No, we can go another hour if you got the time. That's right. Uh, you guys go another hour and I'll, uh, I'll just, no, I'll just go to bed. Good. All right. I think think everybody's ready for bed. It's going to be a nice long one. So the listeners will, listeners can rejoice. Tom Arnold would be impressed with this one. All right. I think he would. Okay. Well, thanks guys. And uh, here's the music for the next game. And we'll 
Ja. Stunden. <lacht> <lacht>